So I went from doing $500 a week to, I said, let's 10X this. So I invested $5,000 one week. And I said, now let's double it. And I did 10,000 the next week. And that was my first like big win where I generated 83,000 in cash and in profit in that two week period. And that was like the point where I said, all right, we're not looking back. And so in that next six months or no six, yeah, six months generated a million. And then I just kept going because it became easier. Like when you, it's that multiplier effect. When you have the data and you keep doing the same thing over and over, now it's just about tweaking it, but that one tweak can make a 10x difference. Hello and welcome to The Modern Consultant. I'm your host, Mark Ahrens, and on today's episode, I have the pleasure of hosting Danielle Leslie. Danielle has been a dear friend for close to 10 years at this point, but she's best known as the founder of Culture Ad Labs and the creator of Course From Scratch, which to date has over 10,000 members. And because of this, Afrotech recognized her as a unicorn because she grew that company from zero to 20 million in just four years. On top of that, She has been called the millionaire maker by Forbes because several women are generating millions from their courses as a result of taking Danielle's programs. She goes beyond just showing people how to launch an online course and how to infuse it with their culture ad, which is short for cultural advantage. In addition to this, she is also a partner in Member Up. She's also the host of the Since 3000 podcast, as well as an investor in Yugo Labs and Ocho Wealth. In today's episode, we talk about it all. The journey going from zero to one million. The journey going from one million to 10 to 20 million. We also talk about the quantum leaps in her mindset that she needed to take to be able to facilitate that kind of growth and how she has even changed, how she even looks at the role of CEO, no longer being a chief executive officer, but rather a chief visionary officer. There are so many lessons along the way. We also even get into health and how to perform at your best when you are running a company where tens of thousands of people are looking to you for guidance on how they can get to the next level of transformation in their business and their lives. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And with that, I'll see you on the other side. Uh, Daniel, I just want to say welcome and thank you thank for being you. here. Uh, no, it's, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it, it, I feel like this is a guilty pleasure uh, because <laughs> of how many times we've like randomly like met up, not even randomly, um, we just like cross paths, you know, from like traffic and conversion to multiple birthday parties. Uh, and it actually, that's actually where I want to start. I want to go back in time because everyone at this point, if they've even like glanced at your Instagram page, like they're like, oh, Danielle, $20 million in like core sales. And they're like, oh, you know, but I'm curious about Danielle before all of this happened. If we could go back in time to like 2014, it's like Oakland, you know, and, and I think this is one of the first times we were actually meeting up and we ended up at like a bunch of parties and like hanging out and stuff. What was your mindset like back then before 
course from scratch before Forbes started calling you the millionaire maker? Oh, yeah. So around that time, I mean, yeah, this hadn't even begun. So I was making that transition from working full time and building the confidence to know I am an expert and not necessarily on tangible things, but also an expert on who I am and mm. what I'm bringing in my story. So, um, yeah, at that time, I think I um, had gotten let go from a job and I was I knew I was looking for the next opportunity. And luckily I just did what I usually do, which is get on the phone with friends and give them unsolicited advice about <laughs> whatever they surface. And um, they see value in that. And I ended up having people just ask me, can you consult for me? So I really started as a consultant um, and had a friend of mine, she hired me to write her, um, to write an ebook for her. I had another friend consult her on her online course, um, which was in the travel hacking space. And another friend hired me to manage his small and uh, medium business uh, arm of a business and developing like a marketing plan for that and working with him to build out his new startup. So it was really like that of me leaning into the yes and the invitations instead of like, because I could have shrunk back and said, no, 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 it's okay. I'm just going to go get another full-time thing. Um, but I really just took the yes and said, all right, I will build this as I go. And then of course, as you're building, you realize you already have everything you need. You know, I remember back then you even from even before you had like that, that full-time opportunity before, you know, uh, you left that job, you had a vision for like building a startup um, even before that. And yeah. was it, was that the inception of Culture Ad Labs or would that name come later? Yeah, um, I would say the, the name came later. Um, yeah, I mean, I, in this was over a decade ago, had that dream of creating a startup. And at the time, uh, I wanted to build it with the other two co-founders who were incredible. Um, I joined the team with them and sell it for $2 million. That was my goal. Like $2 million was like, it might as well have been a billion dollars back then. Like it was like, oh my God, this is what we're going to do. Um, so I think through that process, when I, when it was time to um, build this company and name it, I remember going, I was in Oakland at the time and I went down to the business bureau or wherever you go to get your fictitious business name filed. And I remember uh, walking there and it's like, I went between two names. It was mm -hmm. either Course Alchemy or Culture Ad Labs. Oh. And as with most decisions in my life, it was up until the last minute. And I was like, oh my God, I can't decide. Is it this or is it this or is it this? And I went with Culture Ad Labs. Um, the labs piece was because I'm a tinkerer. Um, my dad is a tinkerer. Um, he's Jamaican background. Like he's always <laughs> building something. Yeah, let's go. That's my <laughs> brethren. Like we family. And it's like when I just saw him a couple of weeks ago at brunch and he's like, all right, Danny, this is what I'm working on. And we always just like nerd out on things he's tinkering with. Awesome. So I inherited that from him and my mom is as well. So she, Sunday, she was on a webinar. I'm like, mommy, what are you doing at Sunday night? She's like, I'm watching a webinar. I'm not, I, I want to build an Airbnb business. All right. I'm like, cool. So growing up with parents who were always tinkering and yeah. had childlike curiosity always, I think had me think of, okay, labs. Well, a lab is where you do experiments and you tinker. You have a question and then you seek to answer the question. But really the answering of the question is in the seeking. So mm. labs to me was giving me the opportunity and the permission to continue to tinker. And 
the culture ad piece was really um, uh, influenced by my time working in startups. And I went to this uh, HR innovations panel and it was a woman from Medium. And she said, you know, when candidates come in, we don't ask, are they a culture fit? Because when you ask about people fitting in, you think about the, the origin of survival of the fittest. And what that means is that you're able to, if we're all, you know, zebras with stripes and you're born a zebra with polka dots, you're going to get shot first. Yeah. Like it is actually a disadvantage to be different from the tribe because it's harder to be protected, harder to blend in. And growing up, we are taught to blend in as to protect ourselves from the bullies, protect ourselves from being different. Um, it's about being typical, um, not divergent. And so I think when I learned the shift from actually culture fit was great in the industrial age when currency was following instructions because we were optimizing for efficiency. In these days, this age, having a difference of opinion, being a culture ad and using your cultural advantage is actually, that's where the money is. Because if I can bring a different perspective, there is gonna be way more demand, right? Less supply, I'm one of one. Way more demand for my perspective. So that means I have something to offer. So when I thought about the name, I'm like Culture Ad Labs. This is gonna be an environment where you as an individual can shine in all of your gifts. And that was really a message for myself as a reminder, but also for the community I was calling in, for the people I wanted to lead and help and contribute to. Um, so that was like the origin of that name. That is such a masterclass on positioning and then also taking ownership of one's identity, not just in the marketplace, but also in life. I think it's fantastic. And there was also even like a hidden story in there as well about like your parents. It seems like it's it's really cool because like I hear some of the traits like uh, in my family tree as well. But like it seems like they have a bias towards not just action but doing it with enthusiasm. And I've always seen enthusiasm as just this, to put it in context, Usain Bolt, he's about mm -hmm. to cross the finish line, right? He's smiling before he crosses the finish line. He's smiling as he's looking at a person next to him and he's smiling right after <laughs> like he crosses wow. the finish line. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, tying it back uh, to cultural advantage you know it's something that um being jamaican and growing up jamaican has always stood out to me because more than 50 percent of our gdp in jamaica is coming from tourism and a large part of tourism and hospitality is helping people feel welcome and part of that is rooted in that enthusiasm can you have fun while also making progress towards whatever goal it is that you're working on. And it sounded like, you know, just even with the story of your mom, you know, like yes. on the web, she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. It's, there's like this positive movement of energy, you know, towards what it is that she wants in life. And I think that's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. follow-up question on that piece, you know, let's say we skip forward in time um, to you have selected the name, you know, for Culture Ad Labs. Had you already uh, launched course from scratch at that time or not yet? Yes, I had. So by that time, I probably made about just a little over 100,000 from my course. And um, I, so yeah, so I had already launched it um, in that time. It was Rocky Road for sure, where it was a lot of starting and stopping. And what really nudged me to launch it was a friend. Um, and it was Morgan Devon at Blavity. 
she was ah, yeah. Women, yeah and she was putting on a women's conference and the MC had dropped out at the last minute and I was planning to go to the conference and at this time I barely could afford you know the plane ticket and to go there and so um you know she reached out she said would you be willing to step in as the MC? I had never MC'd before, but I was like, absolutely. She's like, all right, we have, you know, like a $400 honorarium. I was like, bet, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. And I remember just scripting it. Um, Beyonce had just dropped an album. Mm. I'm scared was like the motto. Um, so I incorporated her lyrics and everything. Nice. And it was just such a moment of me being on stage in like a black leather jacket, crop leather jacket and like a white tutu. And me just hair to the side with the earrings, just like mm. giving them all um, and just just like providing a stage for these women to shine mm. and dropping what I knew along the way. And so after that conference is when she reached out and said, you know, they want to hear more from you. Can you do like a webinar? And this was before webinars were in the common vernacular. So I'm like, yes. Okay. Again, leaning in, even though I was like, no, we do not want to do this, but we're going to do it. And that's the moment when I decided, okay, it's time to launch. Um, if I do this webinar and I don't launch this thing, like I'm going to be so upset with myself. So that's how I launched the course. I did the webinar, um, had tech difficulties. So webinar jam was a fail. I had to move everyone over to zoom. I had the smallest zoom account. So we had over a hundred people trying to get in, but only a hundred could come in. Um, so I think I had a couple hundred, you know, who weren't able to get in, but I'm like, all right, the show must go on. Let me just do it. So even with all of that, I was still able to do, you know, my 7,000 for $7,000 in sales. Um, and then followed up, invested that. So I took that money as my investment. Uh, to grow it. And I said, now let's spend the next 60 days actually growing this thing. And I didn't have an audience. Um, so I was brand new online. So I said, let me do ads. You know, how can I get to this goal? Uh, and I said ads. And so I used that seed money to hire someone to set up my ads account for me, um, put those initial ads up and to run it for me. And I invested like, you know, $1,400 in, in the first ads and made like 4,000. And then I just took that and reinvested. So after that first, uh, you know, kind of 60 day run, it was a $20,000 launch, which was like huge for me back then knowing, all right, we just started kind of by accident, had no audience. Um, and that's how I got started. And that was my introduction to, all right, webinars can work. We can build an audience as we go. And by the way, we are building an audience around our offer instead of the other way around. We're not building an audience with like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what my story is. I don't know what I have to contribute. Instead, we started with the package. I am the asset. Here's the product. Here's the outcome. And now let's build the audience around that. So it was a very intentional audience building. That is incredible. And I remember part of the story that comes after this, which is I think you'd spent like, you just, you know, you'd done something that so many startups like try to get to the point of um uh there's this book called traction there's two books um traction there's gino wickman and then you know that's on the you know i think it's uh uh eus entrepreneurial operating system but there's another one that talks about 19 different traction channels and one of the things that they recommend in that book um is you want to try a bunch of different tests and then find like the one marketing channel that works for you. And then it sounds like you found that channel. And then the next thing they recommend is, okay, double down on that. And I remember you doing exactly that because I think you spent like one year doing a webinar every single week. Could you tell us that story? Yeah. Two years, actually. Two That's years. The there you go. A hundred webinars. Nice. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. So it's interesting, right? Um, because I am a tinkerer. And I love that you shared that philosophy of 19 different um, channels, you know, testing them out and then honing in, doubling down on one. And I ended up doing the opposite. 
Um, I am one who, and this just leads into my, my personality. I'm like, let's go all the way. So I really actually took a big bet on one channel, which was Instagram and one uh, selling medium, which was webinars. And I just took that all the way. And I actually didn't, you know, test all the different ones, but that's because I know myself. And I know that that would have been paralyzing for me. Um, I'm actually not prone to operations, systems, um, which you're really good at. Um, you're, you. <laughs> you're like you're both, you're visionary and integrator. And I knew I didn't have that way of being and skill set yet. So I just went all in with that one. And yeah, and actually I did Landmark um, and that was huge for me in learning the power of my word. So mm -hmm. after leaving Landmark, I said, all right, what would happen if we kept our word to ourselves? If we said we are going to do one webinar for a year straight, we know when we do this, we're going to make a million dollars. So I just had number, like step one for me was the knowing when I do this, this is going to happen because I had the knowing there was no room to waver and try other things, regardless of how it was going. This is what we're doing for a year. So, yeah, I mean, in that year, it started out with um, the same model of I made some money. Now I'm going to reinvest. So it started with very small ad budgets. And um, because, again, I go hard, I'm like, all right, well, mm -hmm. we're seeing traction. So I in after three months of having data, so I had my spreadsheet, had my sales simulator, had everything logged. I knew my show up rate, my conversion rate, my pay in full rate, all of that. So I said, all right, I went from, you know, doing $500 a week to, I said, let's 10X this. So I invested $5,000 one week and I said, now let's double it. And I did 10,000 the next week. And that was my first like big win where I generated 83. It was like over a hundred thousand, but 83,000 in cash um, and in profit in that like two week period. And that was kind of like the, the point where I said, all right, we're not looking back. And so yep. in that next six months or no six, yeah, six months generated a million. Um, and then I just kept going and I kept going because it became, it, it was more, it was easier. Like when you, it's that multiplier effect, when you have the data and you keep doing the same thing over and over now it's just about tweaking it, but that one tweak can make a 10 X difference. So the one big tweak I made after I crossed that threshold of 100K month, I said, okay, let's double the price point. So I went from 997 to 1997, and I just mm -hmm. tested it for 30 days, but I added one thing in addition to doubling the price, I added a pay in full incentive. And I had had one before, but it wasn't as strong as this one. And the pay in full incentive I added was a bonus session that you got with me. And it was a group session. On that session, I was going to walk you through one result, which was how I was able to make 25K per month on Instagram with organic. So not paid, but with organic. So on that session, it was really targeted. And it was like, okay, I'm going to show you the simple funnel I built. We're also going to write your first piece of tasty content together. And tasty just means when you create a piece of content that teaches them something, gives them action steps, solves an urgent pain point, transforms them from point A where they are to point B where they want to be. And um, uh, it's in your voice and it addresses their deeper why. So I, on that session live, gave them a, a, like a template, and then they were able to write their rock bottom story for their first piece of tasty content. And then they got to share it live and I would, you know, give them real-time feedback. And it was great for me because I got to be a part of this community I was creating. I got to know every member's story and their rock bottom story, like their most vulnerable story. And it opened them up to knowing how to look inside themselves for the stories that 
can connect with everyone. You know, anyone can teach, okay, these are the three steps to ABC, but no one can teach your hardest moment. And it's a universal truth that everyone can, even if they're not interested in your niche, everyone can relate to it. And they're going to tell a friend and tell a friend and they're going to feel you. So that pay in full bonus meant I started to get 80% of the people to pay in full, which was the highest I'd ever had. Um, that same philosophy of really mastering the pay in full bonus has had us, even with our evergreen, our automated funnel, still getting 70% of people to pay in full. Um, so that was a big thing that I discovered like in that time when I was doing the weekly webinar. Again, like just paying attention, what's a tweak I can make? Um, but yeah, I did that for two years straight. So a hundred times in a row, I probably took like five weeks off and all that time. So I remember I was at my dad's house in Santa Clarita and I'm like, dad, um, I got a webinar to do. He's like, and it was the day before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, but dad, like I do <laughs> yeah. big money Wednesdays. It's every Wednesday. It doesn't nice. matter. So I just popped up my laptop in his lap in his uh, living room. And he's like, all right, Dan, you need anything? He's like, all right. <laughs> and you know, afterwards he's like, Dan, that was amazing. You know? And I was like, I just made $40,000. Wow. Um, but it's like, Every, even the day before Thanksgiving, I was just committed to it. I'm like, what would happen if I kept my word to myself? That is excellent. The room that is listening to this uh, is now split in three parts, I would say. There are the people who are wondering about the inner game story of what you just shared. And there are folks who are intrigued by the outer game. You know, all of the strategy, the tactics, the metrics and everything that you shared, you dropped a lot of gold in there. And then you have this even smaller segment, I think, who are interested in both. To help the inner game folks who might be listening in, there's one word you dropped in there where they're like, light bulb, landmark. What is that? Oh, yeah. Um, landmark is an institute where they do training programs um, that really help you get out of your own way. So it starts with a weekend experience. So it's in person, which I loved. And it was like a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And it's all day. It's from like 9 a.m. to 9, maybe 10 p.m. Um, and you have um, a facilitator in the front. And we essentially go through exercises that help us identify um, stories like three times in our childhood that led to our core identity. What was that core identity we formed? So one for me was that I don't belong. I have no friends. Like I don't belong. I have no friends. So digging into what was the origin of that and how is that getting in your way today? So what I uncovered in that is I have this, I'm alone on an Island. I don't fit in. And it's interesting because there's a double-sided point with our identities, right? So that serves me because it means I really lean into originality. So whenever there's an opportunity to do something, I'm going to do it a new way. Um, I'm about to launch, relaunch my personal website. And when thinking about that, I said, here's the story for the website. I am going to another planet that has not been explored yet. And that inspired one of the outfits I wore, obviously in the photo shoot. And I'm like, this is my outfit for going to this new planet. No one's been here. My job is to learn the land, learn the terrain and create a blueprint. So others can come here and thrive. I go and I do that. Then I travel back to Brooklyn because I was based in Brooklyn formerly. I travel back to Brooklyn. And I have then my like gala outfit on that's like next, you know, from another planet and I'm getting off the spaceship and I'm inviting you to come with me. Those mm. who are ready, those who can see the opportunity, let's go together. Mm. Um, and then we travel back, you know, to this new planet together and we 
like get to know this new environment as a new community. So that serves me, that identity of I don't belong serves me and that I don't mind being the first one. I don't mind going out there and creating a new way. I love being original. I love being a culture ad, right? I'm not afraid to get shot first because I know I'm not going to because I'm too, <laughs> too dope for that. Like they're going to be like, wait, I want to be your friend actually. So like that is served me in that way. The other side of that identity of I don't belong was when I built, I built alone for way too long. I would wait until it was already built to invite people in instead of showing them in real time, here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm struggling. Here's why I would love your help. Here's why I want to lean into you and, and lean on you. So I think um, now, you know, I've learned, all right, the other side of that is I actually do belong. I actually do love community and I'm a, a part of an amazing community. I'm going to, uh, you know, continue creating it. So yeah, so Landmark was great for uncovering that for me and how that's getting in the way of what I'm doing in my relationships, not being able to build intimacy with friends, you know, mm -hmm. closeness and let them in. Not, it was just two years ago when I cried with a friend for the first time ever. Before that, no, no friends had seen me cry, probably just my mom. Um, and mm -hmm. even with her, you know, I would like hold back and try to like be strong and all of that. So it really opened up the world of what happens when you let others in and let them yeah. into your process so they can help you and support you. So yeah, so Landmark, that's the intro program. And then after that, there's an advanced program that you can do that's also in person. Then there's a um, SELP. Um, it's like a, a, I forget what it stands for, but it's a, a project that you build. And here's what was interesting. When I got to that project, that's when I quit. So that project, the whole premise is that you were going to create something and then give it away. Mm. And I was like, wait, where we do that at? Like, I come from like, I have 100% ownership in this thing. I'm building it. It's mine. Like, I, you know, I'm going to be a part mm -hmm. of this forever. Maybe you could be a part of it. And so it really challenged me. And because I was still locked into that identity of I've got to do it myself. I can't let anyone in. I can't trust anyone. I can't hire anyone to help me. I can't bring them in. I ran up and brushed up against that. I wasn't ready. And so I quit uh, that program. But yeah, incredible program that's life-changing. That is, uh, I hadn't heard you share the landmark story with that level of depth before. Like that, that uh, I, I learned some new things there. Uh, thank you. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing. That was, that was incredible because one of the stories um, that my mind is making sense of in there is, how it created this environment to be able to really just unlock what some people describe as like the shadow self, you know, and then to integrate that uh, with like the conscious self to be able to then use all of the gifts that you have inside of you. Like I really, this is really, it's, it's, it's something that uh, copywriters will sometimes do, you know, where it's like, how do you take the thing that you think is a disadvantage and turn it into an ad advantage, you know, yes. and, and, and it's exactly what you did, but then like you applied it to life and the business and everything. I think, I think that's fantastic. And that's such a principle that could be applied to anyone's life at any point uh, for anyone that's listening into this, where, wherever they are on the consulting journey, whether they're just starting out, whether or not, you know, they're a million dollar consultant or whoever the case may be. And if they're trying to like evolve their business model, which we'll definitely get into in a little bit, because you've done so much to evolve your, not just yourself, but your business model um, over time. Uh, and so like, that's just a few things that stood out to me with the personal growth journey uh, through Landmark. The other piece is just how crisp and clear 
your memory of all of your transformative experiences are. And I'm going to come back for those of you who are listening in and you're like, wait, what about the outer game metrics and stuff? We're, we're going to get there. But we just got to go a little bit more on this. Um, with the With your personal growth journey and trajectory, I'm curious, do you have any kind of, of reflective practice like journaling or meditation or anything like that that you do to gain insights? Yeah. So it's been an on and off. So I had a time and it was uh, shortly after Landmark, actually, when I was really committed to journaling and I added another element to it. I think that really helped accelerate my time, which was I would every morning, I had my top three things I was doing that day. And then what I would journal about was future casting. So I would identify one moment in my day when I looked at the calendar and I was like, Ooh, you know, that feeling you get, and you're just like, oh. and it's like a feeling of like stress or anxiety yeah. or worry for whatever reason. Um, it might be a certain meeting with maybe a team member who maybe you're self-conscious around, or maybe there's tension. Um, that day I had an interview with, I, I remember one day in particular, I had an interview with the Facebook ads person and I was intimidated by this guy. I was like, he is a stats math major he's going to do circles around me like yeah. i don't even know what questions to ask him to vet him properly and all of this and um and which says a lot right because i had run my own facebook ads up until thirty thousand per month in in spend making 130k per month so i knew my stuff like i'm like i could run them but i was still intimidated so for instance on a morning like that i actually journaled and i said these are the three words i'm going to embody in my conversation with him um i am humor i am mm. powerful I am curious. Nice. And then I wrote out how the session was going to go with him. Um, I'm going to ask him about this. I'm going to ask him about family. I'm going to ask him about that. So whatever that I could do to make myself feel comfortable and feel safe and feel safe to self-express and be humorous, powerful, and um, curious. And it went that way. And it was beautiful. Mm. And we connected on a personal level. So that was my form of journaling then when I saw a lot of progress. It was that micro focus on, okay, what's coming up today? So it was more kind of future journaling, future casting um, and embodying my future self now. So that was a great practice. Um, and then another self-reflective practice was TM, Transcendental Meditation. Mm. So I picked that up a couple of years ago and it was that practice of every morning for 20 minutes, just you know, sitting in silence, repeating my mantra in my head, um, and then in the afternoons at around 3 p.m. doing that again. And what I coupled with that was studying um, Dr. Joe's book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. So oh, I that don't think I know that one. Oh, Dr. Joe, get into it. He is the man. Um, so that was his very first book. I think his most known book is Becoming Supernatural. Oh, I started yes. reading that. Okay. I started listening to that and I was like, okay, this is a little too advanced for me right now. Like for some reason it's not landing. So I went back to breaking the habit of being yourself because I realized that, all right, I can do the reflecting. I can do the journaling. And I realized that is thinking that is me being in my head. That is cerebral. And I'm so good at being in my head. I was raised, I think Western, uh, you know, we really prioritize the mind and we think the mind is the superpower. And in other cultures, it's the body. The body is the all-knowing being. Um, the fact that we have more nerve endings than the galaxy has. 
um, the fact that, you know, so many in our gut, right? Like actually the body is where the answers are, but we think the brain is where the answers are, but really the brain is making up whatever it can to fathom the unfathomable, unfathomable nature of what's happening in our bodies. So reading, breaking the habit of being yourself taught me, I have these ways of, be of being, which back then was anxiety and stress. Those were my most common places I would go to when things were going really well, I'd be like, I would like nap and I would just start stressing about anything. I would make up mm -hmm. something. So I wanted to get to the bottom of that. Like, what is that? So in reading that book, I learned, all right, my cells have been trained to behave in a certain way and my body will have sensations and my brain has gotten into a pattern of identifying those sensations with a story and putting meaning on it saying, oh, you must be stressed. Oh, you must be tired. Oh, you must be this. When in reality, Maybe I had, you know, dairy for lunch and I'm just a little bloated. Like, you feel me? Like, maybe we're just tired. Maybe we only got five hours of sleep from a great night of partying. And the dopamine was so high last night that, of course, we're going to feel lower naturally because we were all at the all time high. You know, maybe it's just that. Right. Mm -hmm. So that really helped me re uh, think about, OK, how can I retrain my body on a cellular level? Um, so coupling that with the meditation was really, really helpful. Um, so those were a couple practices that helped me a ton um, in addition to uh, therapy, right? So having someone I can speak to, um, I can reflect, you know, things with and um, yeah, and just dive deep on things on. Oh, man. So, all right. Um, vulnerable moment. I was on a call. Uh, it is Wednesday. Yeah, I was on a call yesterday. Uh, with a therapist turned performance psychology coach uh, for like seven and like eight figure like sales copywriters and like other like successful people and stuff. And a lot of the stuff that he teaches, it sounds like you just figured out by yourself. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so it's a, it's a, that, that's what I'm piecing together because particularly around uh, embodiment um, is what I'm hearing. One of the themes when you call that like the three things that you chose to be prior to going into uh, that meeting uh, with, you know, a Facebook ads expert, uh, that's that so many of us don't do that. I mean, and by so many, I mean me, uh, like, like, I, you know, that's something that I'm currently working on where it's like, oh, what is the intention that I want to bring into this space, you know, this physical space, this, this virtual space, so on and so forth. And so I love that because it's such an incredible and powerful place to create and share from. Um, and all of the intellectual stuff and everything usually just seems to flow easily uh, once we're actually in this place of embodiment as opposed to trying to like intellectualize emotions and everything like that. Which brings me up to another piece, which is your it really does seem like one of your superpowers is just like you said, pioneer. Did you ever take the strengths of uh, finders? Like, uh, do you remember oh your? God, yes. My top three, number one was futurist. Mm -hmm. And so again, double side of every coin. So futurist, I'm motivated by the future, what could be. The other side of that means I get disinterested in the day to day. If there's a problem or an issue, I don't want to problem solve. I don't want to troubleshoot. I'm over it, um, oh. but <laughs> which is why, and I'm going to share these three things. And um, these are three things. This is a great hiring hack, which helped me so much in attracting my chief of staff. 
So she's my right-hand person. Um, it's the evolution of, you know, an EA executive assistant, virtual assistant, next up is chief of staff, just because we have multiple um, uh, ventures. So in my job description, I said, this is my strengths finder. I said, I'm a futurist, which means this, which means I need you to be this. My second one is I'm an activator. So I'm really good at, if there's an idea, I love creating a roadmap. How do we get from where we are to point B? So really good at that. Now, the other side of being an activator is that does not come with integration. So I could come up with a plan, but when it comes to the discipline to integrate it and be again in the day-to-day, that's what I need your help with. And then the third one that I am is, um, oh man, futurist, activator, and oh, I don't remember the third one. Yeah, I don't remember the third one, but yeah, but yeah, it was, it was so helpful when I did that. Mm, yeah. What about you? What's yours? So I remember my, I know that like these two are in the top five for sure. Um, well, number one is achiever, you know, and I, I don't know, Jamaican, there's, there's one, yeah. one, one bullet in the gun. Uh, and then I have one of those doctor fathers, like MD, PhD types. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> and when I was like eight years old, he's like, every generation must be better than the one that came before, you know, oh, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure at all. You know, and I was just like, uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of set the bar really high. Uh, I guess we don't have to figure that out. Um, so, but it's um, it's it's actually really good um, as well. Um, but achiever um, is one of the top five. Another one is learner. Like I am, I like I like books, and I kind of yes. like. Um, <laughs> it is one thousand percent a thing for me. Um, I am a learner for life, uh, and st- uh, strategic. Uh, is also one of like the top five. I'm forgetting what the exact order, but I know for sure like those three are in there. I, I, I don't know why. I just really love strategy. It's like my my brain translates everything into I would say um, like GPS, like Google Maps. It's like all right, we need a destination. Great. Okay, point A. Where are we right now? All right, great. What are the routes for being able to get there? Okay, let's go. You know, and just. Yeah. And anytime I get lost is actually, it's interesting because I was sharing this with uh, one of my team members on today where it's like, we were actually going through like personality profiles and it's like, you might see some negative stuff in here, but you've got to consider like the flip side of it. And for me, it's like, if I don't feel like achieving, it becomes a yellow or red flag for something else that might be going on. If I don't feel like learning, and that's my base. If I don't feel strategic, it's like, oh, that's the signal that something might be like really off and I need to go and check into that. Yeah. That's so good. You reminded me, so I have two threads. One is my third one is optimizer. Um, so, which I translated as, yeah, doing the most with the least, how do we take something and really, which explains my whole approach, right? It's like one course, one funnel, one, you know, one Mm -hmm. webinar doing the most with the least. Um, yeah, that really feeds into it. And I think when you shared, I love how you shared that, you know, that something's off when you are not feeling like the learning and you're not feeling like the strategy. And I realized in that time when I was studying Dr. Joe and I was meditating, what I came back to was, all right, I want to be self-expressed. Like my new Mm -hmm. measurement, my former measurement was the health of the business. The health of the business meant the health of me, which at a certain point worked and then stopped working. 
Um, and it became very counterproductive. So then I searched for a new measuring stick, which was more internal, which was, do I feel self-expressed? Am I feeling self-expressed from moment to moment? And so it sounds like for you, when you're self-expressed, you're in a mode of learning, you're in a mode of strategy. And so I think a good question for us to ask ourselves is, okay, when we reach that moment of not feeling self-expressed, you know, what do we do? And one of the things I did was to start actually creating deeper bonds with friends. And oh. it's one friend group in particular who I think trans translated into family, meaning again, we could cry together, do things together. But one thing we would do is have parties. So my best friend, Sean, I actually was just on the phone with him. Sean Derrick, he is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would throw these incredible gatherings. And one of the gatherings, it was called the party that never happened. And it was, uh, the premise was there's one night where all of you, you're going to choose one historical figure. So choose a figure in history that represents your identity. Who is the future you? Who do you want to be? Who has your values, right? Choose one figure. You are going to come to the party as that figure. You are going to enter this mm. portal and you will be with historical figures from any time. And we're all brought here with the mission. We don't know what the reason is, but we're going to figure it out when we get there. And so I chose Josephine Baker. And I remember I watched you know, a couple of documentaries on her and I'm like, oh, she is dope. She was a singer. Um, you know, she got trained in opera, a performer. She lived an unconventional romantic life. Um, I mean, she was, she moved from the States to, um, to Paris, but at the same time, she was an advocate and an activist for black people. Um, and it would be in rooms that other black people couldn't get into because she could pass. Um, and she was allowed to be in those rooms. And when she was in there, she used her voice to uplift us. Mm -hmm. And so she was the figure I chose. And that night we were invited to really embody, speaking of embodiment, embody that character. So for me, it was I actually sang and I encouraged everyone to dance mm -hmm. and I was just fully self-expressed. So mm -hmm. coming from that party, I remember I saw a surge in me wanting to be productive, me wanting to create a surge in my business. And it was because I took those moments to like tap into, okay, where can I be my fully self-expressed self? Mm. Even if it's outside of my day-to-day -day regular, oh no, but I got to be in the meeting. I got to do that. Sometimes we need to shake it out and we need to ask, okay, where can I go to be like, who is going to bring that out of me? Who's going to inspire me as my self-expressed self? And that just feeds everything. Oh, that's incredible. Um, it reminds me of a call that I had maybe just uh, two hours before this one with a friend of mine who, um, brilliant copywriter, he was responsible. You know the Motley Fool? Oh, yes. Uh -huh. So like um, back when he was still living here in D.C., he used to be, uh, he used to drive 60% of front end acquisition for the Motley Fool. Um, he's He's good. <laughs> and wow. yeah, he's, he's, he's such a solid guy. Um, uh, and actually he's going to be on the podcast. It's going to be a fun episode. I might have to awesome. like connect you guys, uh, but he, he was saying, um, how we, we play these, uh, often play these finite games, you know, in these areas of life that we're trying to progress in. And we're usually needing to play an infinite game you know, just keep the game going, keep progressing. And the, and if we think about it that way, uh, then we tend to improve. But there is a, a false dichotomy of, you know, thinking about, oh, well, we have to, uh, if, if for me to progress in health, I need to then, you know, let go of some of the wealth. Or for me to progress in love, I have to then let go of, you know, my, my aspirations for like wealth or generational wealth. And the point that he was making, which ties back into what you just shared, which is 
you know, allowing one area of life to fuel mm. the others. You came from that party and then it's like, whew, you know, energy, you know, from yeah. self-expression to then express more uh, in business. You know, I think that's yeah. fantastic. I've experienced the same. Uh, it's why I go to the gym. I don't, people, people think I'm crazy, but I will often go to the gym at like 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> if, it's like it's like 4 30 dc is very small thankfully <laughs> it's just like down the street you know uh sometimes sometimes i get there late you know but late for me is like six o'clock um or like even seven uh and but the energy that i feel at like the end of it like today was one of those days where i was just like ooh, okay it might be a longer day but ooh, i want to set the tone uh and then i just carry it through uh, for like the rest of the day. And I'm trying to experiment and do more of that um, as well. I want to flip back because I made a promise to people listening yes. and go back to like the, the numbers, the outer game uh, and everything. And so if we go a little bit back in time, it's like 2017, uh, we're, we're at dinner in New York. Uh, Louisa Chow is there. Michael Roderick is there. Gamal is there. Uh, and, and of course from scratches, like, like taking off. Um, and I remember you sharing, uh, when we'd asked at the table, like, what are you needing support with? Or, uh, you cheered, uh, this, I, I never forgot it. And you were looking for new experiences at the time. Um, and the reason you shared was because you had been so focused on like doing the webinars and growing it and everything like that. And it's like, all right, great. You have this upper trajectory and you wanting to, in, um, bring more newness, um, into your life. I want to know if that desire then connects to the point where you're closer to now with the launch of the since 3000 podcast and the fuller expression of Danielle Leslie. Oh my God. Yeah. First of all, you have a great memory because I would never have recollected what I said. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Um, absolutely. And I think it's so interesting because soon after that dinner, I think was when I had my first LSD experience. So hmm. I definitely called in to experience it <laughs> and it was like, here you go. Um, and, nice. and that, that was a huge experience for me because it actually was the beginning of my spiritual journey. Um, before that, I had been locked into the lone leader identity. And after that experience, I would walk down the street and see a stranger and really be like, I love you. Um, it was my first time really feeling like connected to everyone, to God, to universe, like everything. So that definitely um, started my journey. Uh, and so, yeah, since 3000, I mean, geez, I launched that podcast because I was in a, a era of questioning. I think, you know, they, they say there are years that ask the questions and years that answer them. Mm -hmm. And I think I had been in answering mode for so many years before that. And okay, webinars, the answer, revenue, keep going, keep going, keep going. And so finally, it was like taking a breath. Um, and I got into this inquiry of who am I? Who am I? Um, and I had, you know, gone through a breakup. So it's like, who am I without this relationship? Um, and then it was, and also who am I without this business? Because this business is the other relationship I've been in. My business is now officially the longest relationship I have been in for my entire life. 
um, you know, going on eight years. So I realized that's actually a relationship. And so the question was, who am I? And so the podcast was my ability to share more because when you're doing a webinar and you have ads running, it's great. And then you reach a point where my throat, I've, who have I seen? Uh, probably like someone read, did my human design and they said, um, your throat chakra is it's, it's stifled. Like you, this is, this is flowing. It's flowing up here, right? Here's where it gets stuck. Like you are thinking things, you are feeling things and you're not saying them. So the podcast was my outlet to finally share in real time without thinking like, Oh wait, it's gotta be for the business. It's gotta be for this. Um, and so since 3000 was a beautiful brand that was built around and it's called since 3000, because it's like, you know, established in 1984, right? You see that. And it's always a past date of when something was started. What I wanted to bring together was this awareness of the eternal present um, and knowing that there are different timelines happening at the same time, knowing that you can time travel by embodying your future self now. So since 3000 means, uh, you know, the future you is happening at the same time as the past you is happening as the, as the current you, the more awareness we can have of the lessons of the past, the awareness of the future and the cert, I'm sorry, the awareness of the present and the certainty of the future, the more we can embody all of those at once um, really means we can think, do, feel, achieve anything. So since 3000 was um, a tribute to that. And it was my time to just show up differently than I ever had before, you know, on my couch in my living room, bring in some of my favorite people. And on the podcast, we talk about everything from business. So yeah, Gamal is on there talking about exit blueprint and how he exited his business, how he's now helping other people sell their businesses to um, Paige, who knows about human design and um, tapping into um, how you can use your, your chakras and how you're actually built in favor of who you are instead of fighting against who you are because everyone else is doing it that way. So I should too. No, no, no. What works with your design? Um, to Tara Reed, you know, who's built apps without code and is now building a, a brand new tech platform. Um, all those people, it was my time to talk to them about the business stuff, but also who were you as a kid and how was that influence mm -hmm. what's happening? What's been getting in the way? Um, so yeah, so definitely, I mean, it's, it's great, a great show to, to listen to and check out. Um, the team, the, the video looks amazing. Um, and it was my way to also self-express through fashion and just have a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have seen you have been crushing the fashion game. <laughs> it's, it's, I was just like, I think our Jamaican side is showing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, wow. um, yes. it's, 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 uh, it's, it's beautiful to see, um, representation absolutely matters. Um, you know, uh, one of my mentors uh, and friends, uh, Ramit, you know, when uh, he he had made a public statement uh, during Black Lives Matter, you know, uh, and he never he's had a longstanding policy of like not commenting on politics. But then like he revised that, like just in light of uh, everything that was happening. And, you know, it was very heartening, you know, um, to just just hear, you know, um, and it in that moment, hearing someone that I hadn't needed or known that I wanted to like speak for me or on my behalf or anything. Uh, but then I felt this, uh, this release that I didn't know, uh, I needed like, oh, huh. People do care the representation. Like it was like the embodiment of the representation, uh, matters, you know, and I know that there are 
those who see your podcast uh, and will have that experience because you are centering uh, people who have not traditionally been centered, who are doing phenomenal things in the world. And sometimes we just need to see that something is an option <laughs> for us <laughs> to like, yeah. because not everyone um, has your gift of being that pioneer. And sometimes we need others to be able to just lead and be like, hey, spark this idea of what's possible for us to then uh, start running after it. So thank you uh, for doing that in such an intentional way. Because I also picked up on what you were putting down with the whole, you know, since 3000, you know, podcast name and intention, because that's just like, huh, she layered in quantum physics into, <laughs> I was like, huh, superposition, time, tra oh, cool, oh, uh, wow, yeah, there's, there's going to be some some very nerdy people who are listening to this who are going to uh, dig that, um, and the way okay. that you, like, wolf that in, uh, that was, that was really fun. Oh, thank um, you for getting it. Yeah, of course. Um, I I always love um, some intentionality, and you do not have any shortage of that whatsoever. And to fulfill on the promise of the outer game to the people who are just like, yeah, you guys went down this other path oh, of like inner journey. Okay. What happened to the data? How did we get it again? <laughs> so, so I, I bring it back. I bring it back. I I, I got them. I got you. Um, so, all right. So we've crossed the one million mark with like course from scratch you know and then you decide that you're going to do one of the things that um people who uh, know you well um know that you're really good at which is quantum leaping and you're like all right i'm gonna go from one mil to 10 mil tell us that story oh my gosh yeah i mean it, it's wild because i didn't set out Actually, I'm lying. I probably did. I was like, I didn't have to do it. But I think it's one of those things where like, I will set the goal. So we crossed a million. And at that time, it was just me in the business full time. Um, I had a couple freelancers here and there along the way, but it was it was me. I had no team. Um, and then after I crossed the million mark, what helped a lot is I did set a goal, but I think it was like, oh, let's just double it. Um, but the rate in which we started growing meant that, yeah, we were able to generate 10 million in the next two years. And the things that worked were one, doubling down on what was working. So I continued like with the ads and the webinar. Um, and then I added team members because I really believe one plus one equals 11. Uh, when you have someone who is holding your own, the growth is going to be exponential. So um, adding a a uh, customer support person, I essentially just looked at like, what is draining my energy so that mm. I can be freed up to do more innovative thinking. So bringing on customer support person, you know, at the time the tickets were taken up, taking my energy. When you see a refund request or you see, uh, you know, someone saying, I didn't like this or I didn't like that, um, that you absorb that as the creator and that impacts how you move forward. So the first thing I was able to delegate was that, um, the big jump was, man, it's so wild because we just kept doing the same thing because we actually didn't introduce our second product until after we crossed 10 million. Mm -hmm. So when I think about going from one to 10, it was doing the same thing. Uh, one change I did make is automating our webinar. So we did uh, automate it. So I just tapered out. So I just started with the ad spend, okay, 20% to the automated, 80% still going live. 
And then over the weeks, as the automated webinar was hitting our benchmarks, I just tapered the live webinar spend down. And then eventually we had a hundred percent of the ad spend going to the automated webinar. Mm. Um, so that was effective. And one thing that was helpful during that time was we did a, uh, like a, a giveaway to collect testimonials. So we have over 300 videos that we collected during that time of students sending in a video saying how their lives were impacted. And it was really helpful because I hadn't built that into the product, right? Like if I can go back, like smart thing to do is build it in as a module, right? As middle module and final module, um, give them the opportunity to share their experience. And you can, you know, collect those testimonials and reviews as you go along. Um, we do have an NPS. So we do ask them, you know, would you recommend this to a friend throughout the course, but we didn't do the videos. So we did this great campaign and that gave us a lot more social proof than we had before. So we now had a, have a page, you know, course from scratch.com forward slash reviews. And it's like 300 videos. And then we had a thousand people write in. Um, so that's one big initiative that we did that was different over that time. Um, everything else was doing our thing. Um, one thing that helped is that was during the time when, uh, during the pandemic where people were looking for online learning opportunities. So I, I used that time to go live, whereas before I never really went live. I didn't do any Facebook lives, Instagram lives, anything like that. So I did one live, um, you know, and then did the webinar and, and did a quiz. I had never done a quiz before. So we created the culture ad quiz and that helps you identify what type of course you can create by what your culture ad type is. So from all of the students who submitted their data on their course topic, how much money they made from it, how long it took them to launch, we just crunched that, put it into six different uh, culture ad types. And so now you can take that quiz um, and it's at, I think, culturead.com um, or myculturead.com. And you can take that quiz and then it spits out, here's your type. And also here's three people who have launched courses in your niche as well. Nice. Um, so that was really helpful. So I think those were the main things we did differently uh, in that time. Um, yeah, to grow. That is excellent. I remember when you had put out that call uh, for everyone to send in videos. And then I remember seeing all the videos flood in. And I remember when you put up that page and it was like, that's a lot of videos. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because... Uh, I I have a module in my stuff where it talks about like building a case study library and everything. And, and it's so cool. Like um, HubSpot does this really well as well, where you can like filter um, by the different industry, but you know, for anyone that's using HubSpot for whatever the case may be. And for anyone that's listening in, HubSpot is now all in one, um, used to be a marketing platform. Now it's an all in one um, uh, platform uh, for all the digital uh, things, but What's cool about what you did that they haven't done uh, is the showing you three <laughs> people, you know, that that are like you, because, again, sometimes we need to see uh, people who uh, we can resonate with for us to be able to take that first step um, of the journey. There's also something else about what you shared that I love the simplicity of, which is we just kept doing what we were doing. It reminds me of. Uh, Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson. Um, you know, brilliant copywriter turned business strategist. Uh, but uh, in the subtitle of that book, I believe, is Zero to 100 Million in like no time flat. And I think he had took Agora Inc. to that number. It, I think it was like over the span of like nine years or something like that. Um, it's, it's really amazing. But what's cool about that book is he breaks down the growth stages of businesses and 
in the uh, $1 million to $10 million range, he actually talks about what you just did, which is keep doing what you're doing. Because <laughs> like, oh, wow. it's so easy. Gamal talks about this too, where it's like, you know, it's so easy to, uh, you know, just, just want to do the new thing, you know, but the fact that you were able to just double, hey, let's keep doing the thing. Uh, because then it becomes more about, okay, well, you've got to make sure that you have a team in place to be able to make sure that uh, trains are running on time and that you're protecting your time and everything as well. And then there's a whole other evolution that, you know, um, happens from like the 10 to $100 million uh, range. But yeah, those are the two stories that like popped up in my head in response to that. Now, that also brings us up to, ooh, the other part about the story that I really enjoyed is I remember when we ran into each other at traffic and conversion it was 2017 i hadn't done the dinner yet like later that year and i remember you you i think you were coming up on the one million dollar mark or you just crossed it and Yay! i remember you telling me like oh wow yeah you have like like one team member and i was like what the hell like that's, that's <laughs> insane like <laughs> she sounds like a jamaican she has three jobs um like, i was just... doing all the jobs mark okay <laughs> Running the ads, writing the emails, sending the emails, doing the copy on the landing page, doing the tech, uh, so much, so much respect. And I, I again, I'm, I'm so also thankful that, you know, you, you then, you know, um, protected your time, um, you know, by uh, getting support uh, as well. Moving forward. Hmm? Oh, yeah, I please. one thing, Mark. Yeah. yeah. It's wild because those were actually, I had so much time freedom during that time. So I spent, nice. you know, the first kind of those six months, like doing the live webinar, but it's like, once I got going, the reason I was able to be a one person show was because we forget, like, these are tech enabled businesses and we can get caught up in, oh, you need a big team, or you've got to do this partnership, this speaking engagement, be a part of this, be a part of that. I think that's where our uh, attention gets divided and then our product and our process falls apart. But because I was like, I'm going to do this webinar, I'm just keep doing it. And maybe some other people think it's boring and it's weird, uh, but I'm going to do it. Back then, I remember I would work about two hours a week. And those were the two hours on the webinar. And then one hour looking at my Facebook ads data, making any, any changes. Oh, that. And that was it, you know, yes. and just hitting send on the emails. So I had so much time freedom. Um, profit was amazing. So, I mean, people like listening to this, like I did it because it's possible at that stage, like, and you can stay there forever and live amazing, you know, like, um, yeah. That explains a lot because I remember you were like in a different country or city, like every, <laughs> I was like, oh, she's on the beach. Yeah. Oh, she's, a, <laughs> she's doing a webinar from another country now. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, hmm, skipping forward in time uh, to podcast, you know, since three thousand, um, you it seems like you've now entered uh, this different stage of growth, um, and I believe you'd refer to it as you know moving away from like lone wolf leadership and more to thinking and being driven by community. Um, could you tell us more about that and maybe even, you know, other thing, you know, irons that you have, like, uh, I even like if someone watches the podcast, like they'll hear you talking about member up, you know, um, could yeah. you tell us more about that? Absolutely. Um, so I think like the beautiful thing about building a course business is when you don't see it as the destination, but you see it as a vehicle to then create 
a lane for you to do whatever you want afterwards, it becomes so magical. I think for the longest time I was locked into, this is the one thing I'm doing for the rest of my life. And I've got to build this course business to X um, that I had blinders on when I shifted to, oh, wait a minute, because I have now reached certain levels with this course business, I have opportunities coming my way. We have, oh my gosh, we have over 10,000 people who have created their own courses. And guess what they're using? They're using course hosting platforms. So I started to ask myself, okay, what I did is we look at your spreadsheet and I'm like, what am I, what are my top expenses as a business owner? And what are the things I use most? And one of them is a course hosting and community platform. I'm like, huh, I now have tens of thousands of people and hundreds of thousands on my email list who probably could benefit from a course hosting and community platform. I have insights in how we can make that really beautiful. And so a couple of years ago, I said, okay, I want to either acquire or build a course hosting platform. And, you know, for us, like for the community I've created for what I want. And um, I, around that time, worked with um, Amy Sankster, who was working with Boss Babe on their masterclasses for their community. And so they asked me to do a masterclass and um, Amy and her partner, Hunter, produced the class. Um, it was, oh my God, it's so good. It's such a good class. And um, that was my opportunity to work with them. And I said, and as I was working with them, I'm asking more questions and I'm discovering all these additional superpowers. It's like mm. Amy had built, um, it has like millions of views on YouTube organically, had made seven figures, from her online course, from YouTube organically, and now does video production and then built the uh, built Boss Babes membership platform. And so I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm like, we need to talk because I've been calling you in. So let's have a conversation. And so what that, what that evolved into was us becoming partners in this platform. Um, and so Member Up is a new course hosting community and membership platform. It's incredible. It's community first. So first of all, it's beautiful. Um, it's one of my gripes with it, other platforms was like, I'm in me mode. Like I'm like in self-expression mode. I'm like, we are whole beings. Like I don't want it to look like everyone else's. And I want my members when they come in, they're paying a couple thousand dollars, or if they buy course alchemy or advanced program or do our mastermind, it's, you know, tens of thousands, right? I want them to come in and feel elevated. Like this is a premium experience. Like, wow, right? Not like I just pay all this money. You're like, wait, this is it. Well, that's this, <laughs> this is it. Well, you know? And so I felt like the other platforms, it took way more work to get them to that point, or it just wasn't ever going to get there. So it's beautiful. It feels elevated. Um, one of the things uh that we've done that again is going back to that identity of I don't belong, I have no friends. I think as the leaders, we can sometimes going into our courses and our communities forget that we are creating a community and we're part of it. And so what will happen is we'll put this pressure on ourselves. We need to be the source of all the information. We need to have all the answers on these Q&A calls. And when we have this community, we're the only one who can answer the questions. And we forget that we can cultivate a space where our community members rely on each other, where they form JV partnerships with each other, where they become accountability partners, where they ask themselves for opportunities. And the other platforms um, weren't nudging me to do that. So mm. inside Member Up, we have this feature called Spark, and it's all about sparking conversation from your members. So every day when you log in, there's a Spark card, and it'll be a question. You know those conversation starter cards? Mm -hmm. 
So I love those because growing up, I had a complex of being boring. Like I thought my biggest fear was being boring. I was like, I want to be a good conversationalist. So even when I had my little boyfriend in fourth grade, I would make a list of 20 questions that I was going to ask Brian, Brian Young, shout out to him. I was going to ask Brian 20 questions because I didn't want to be boring. So as an adult, still, I love conversation starter cards. So we built that into the platform where your members log in, there's a question every day and it can be business related. Like, you know, what's your number one business goal this week? Or it can be personal. What's one childhood memory that uh, made, made you cry recently? And in order to see the answers, you can see 20 other members have answered the question, but in order to see it, you need to answer it yourself. So that Ooh. really inspires them to get active. That's so nice. you answer it yourself. And once you answer it, then it reveals the answers of all your other members. And then you can private message them. So if you see someone who had an answer that's vibing with you, it's giving dating app vibes. I love it. Um, or just business bestie vibes, but you can reach out to that person, right? And then you have the opportunity to share your response on social media. So mm-hmm. if it's your community, this is now organic mar- organic marketing built in. Yeah, you can yeah. your members are sharing the cards and it'll take them back to your landing page where they can sign up for your community. So in creating this this platform, it's like really thinking again about okay, what's our identity that we formed as kids that's getting in the way now? And how can we empower ourselves to remind ourselves we are a part of a community and let's empower them to support each other. Um, And let's have it like feel really good. Like it it vibrationally feels good because um, the founding team is also very spiritual and tapped into body and feeling and frequencies. The frequency of this platform is high. Um, I've never experienced anything like it. Easy to use. And we have education you get in there. So member up university that actually shows you how Amy launched her her uh, membership site made a hundred thousand in a quarter um, and pre-sold it. So before creating any content for it. So we give the members that education when you join so that you're not left like, how do I build a membership, you know, mm-hmm. and then how do I like launch my course in here? So yeah, so that's been like a huge opportunity in me just branching out again, like put myself in the box. Then finally was like, wait a minute, I can open this box and serve at a bigger level than I ever have before. So that's been such a great journey. That's incredible. And I can hear, uh, well, they won't be listening to this podcast. There's, there's sometimes a penny section that is very uh, critical and uh, of everything. And, and of one of those voices. <laughs> I love that, the penny section. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, um, but uh, I can hear that section being like, oh gosh, you know, what's, you came here to advertise that? No, actually, because this is the modern consulting podcast. And one of the things that uh, we're constantly doing is looking at uh, business models and really business model evolution. Uh, and one of the things that one of my um, mentors, uh, Jay Abraham, that I learned from him is to always be studying different business models uh, to be able to find inspiration uh, for how you might be zigging while they zag. And so it's like, oh, great. You know, maybe there's something you could be learning from lawyers. You know, maybe there's something that you could be learning from SaaS. Maybe there's something that you could be learning um, from online course business models, you know. Um, And so when we listen to Danielle's uh, story of how she's evolving her business model, there's so many uh, lessons in there if we're willing to uh, open our minds to being strategic, which brings me up to another question for you, uh, Danielle, which is you had mentioned we were talking privately and you had mentioned about uh, inner circle that was coming. Could you tell us more about that? 
Yeah. I mean, leaning more into community. So yeah, I'm, I think really me evolving. And I think everyone listening can probably relate where evolving from that lone leader, because as a consultant, a lot of times it can feel like that for sure. And even as a course creator to being a part of a community again. So yeah, with um, member up, we're launching a mastermind and it's master um, member up insiders that is for other creators, um, six, seven, eight figure business owners. And what I love about it is I'm creating it from a space of I'm in my community era. I'm in my foster family era. Like I want to know that five years from now, 10 years from now, these are people I'm going to dinner with. These are people mm. who my future, my, my niece, you know, is getting internships with, and I'm giving their kids internships. Like that's what we're building because I think I've now spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on, you know, mentorship and masterminds and coaching. And one thing I want to create is a space that's on that personal connection. And so that's what we're doing with it. Mm. And, oh my God, I love that you just shared this, the power of looking at other business models. So it's going to be for people from all, all different niches, um, all kinds of businesses, because I am in my student era. So I think I was in my expert hat for so many years with the course business. I got locked into it because it's that feedback loop. I show up as the expert, the, the members, the, my students who buy my course reinforce Danielle is the expert. She knows everything. And then I show up in that way and it's that feedback loop. So my identity was stuck in teacher, but really like I'm a student, like I am eternally curious. So forming this group is allowing me to be a student again, bringing in people like you, Mark, um, people who might be listening, who can come and like share openly with others so that we can learn from those other business models. Um, Cause that's where I've gotten those sparks. When I joined those rooms of people who are completely different, I mean, coming from an oil and gas business and now they're transitioning into best-selling author. Oh, let me, what, what can I learn from you? Um, yeah. So really excited about, about that. Yeah. It's going to be coming up really soon. That is cool. I really like that you mentioned transitioning from like expert uh, to student. Uh, are you familiar with the uh, unconscious competence model? No. Ah, oh, man. So, so this is, this is a fun one. There's uh, like four stages of um, mastery, more or less, you know, and the first level is unconscious uh, incompetence. You don't know that you, you don't know. You know, uh, and then the next level up is conscious incompetence. You know that you don't know. You know that you suck at <laughs> whatever the thing is that you try to do. Uh, and then the third level is uh, conscious uh, competence where you're able, you can do it, but you've got to put in a work to make sure that it's like done well. Uh, and then the fourth level uh, is unconscious competence where it's like you don't have to think about it. You just do. You know, oh, wow. I love that. It's it's this really because it's it's so applicable to any area of our life that we're interested in trying to improve. It might be business. It could be health. It could be, you know, anything. Uh, and it's just like, oh, where am I at? OK, cool. Because it then leads you to the next step. There's a suggestion to updating the model, though, which is. There could be potentially a fifth level, if you will, where you're able to go between any of the stages. If you wish to be a great teacher, uh, it's necessary to then be able to put back on the eyes of the student. Mm. And it's like it comes back full circle and it's like you're able to just move 
like uh, between all of them. Uh, and then now you're able to basically connect with anyone and communicate to anyone at you know any level and then you're better able to help. You know, and so that's what I heard within that story that you just shared of, oh, you've took off the expert and now you're like back in like student mode, you know, and I think it's just, and I'm biased. I already told you top five learner. Yes. <laughs> I, I love being in that space. Uh, that, that, that for me is um, a world of fun. Um, I just looked at the clock. Wow. Uh, we've been oh. going. <laughs> I like it. Time flies when we have conversations. Absolutely. Um, I I want to be uh, respectful of your time. And there's like a couple uh, closing questions that I, I always like to uh, wrap up with. And one of them is, what's the most interesting book you've read this year or even like last year, if any? And mm -hmm. if there's no book, you know, it could even be like a documentary that you've seen or something that's just really sparked uh, your mind uh, oh, don't tempt me with a good time, Mark. You're bringing in yeah. all the, um, <laughs> nice. when you, okay. Fun fact related, not related on my, so I've, I'm dating now. Right. So on my dating profile, there's like a voice note. So, you know, mm -hmm. on Hinge, you can do a voice note. And so the voice note I have, I asked the question of what's a piece of art that's inspired you Ooh. recently. Oh, but then I elaborate and I say, now by art, it could be a painting, but it could also be a documentary. It could be a Netflix series. It could be, um, piece of furniture you know like any piece of art so I love that you asked that question um and I'm like don't open it up on the books because we're going to be here mm -hmm. a long time the books let's go, let's go. That. <laughs> oh my god um let's see so I make it a habit to create a curriculum for myself on whatever I'm looking to close the gap on in my life so right now it's love and it's habits going back to habit formation so most recently I was listening to Calling in the One, um, well, yeah, which is a story of a woman who, you know, calls in her life partner. So that's been really good. And what's been good about it is, I mean, it could be talking about calling in your romantic partner, but it could be just as well talking about calling in your business partner or mm. your best friend, just any individual who can make a huge difference in your life um, to wherever you're looking to go. So there's a lot of exercises um, on self that are in mm. the book. So yeah, so that's been like a, a surprising, uh, a surprising one. I almost want to bring out my audible and see. Mm, let, hey, let's do it. I'm here for okay. it. I'm like, I always forget what's popping in here. All right. Here we go. Okay. Oh, shoot. You know, I lost my phone. And so, oh, so you, like you're not able to like log in and yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll take a little longer and I don't want to have people waiting. So, All right. um, yeah, All right. but yeah. Okay. So I got, I, I got you back. I got you back. <laughs> um, I, cause I've, I do the same thing. Hence the bookshelves. I have another set of bookshelves over here that people can't see. <laughs> and, oh, wow. um, have you heard of the course of love by, uh, Alan, the Elaine? the bottom I, I think i might be butchering his last name um but he he he's best known for the school of life uh like oh, a yes, popular youtube so he's got a book called the course of love and what's unique about it is that it charts the journey of people who meet and they start to date and the reason for writing the book is like most love stories stop at the happily ever after but what happens after that 
and then it actually goes through decades of their life story kids wow. like everything like to 70s like 80s it's it's fascinating and and as they go through the journey he comes in and like gives commentary and like oh here's why they're having these issues here what they're really trying to say and so it's like teaching at the same time telling uh this very interesting story i i found that one to be very fascinating have you also oh. heard about why him why her uh it's like why we love who we love no oh okay all right so you I'm might write these down all right so this one is if you like more of like the science-based approach where it's like hey listen we're basically picking people the the core premise is we're picking people or influence pick people based on um our chemical deficiencies <laughs> like, if we don't wow. have enough dopamine we want the exciting person if we don't have enough serotonin we want the person that chills us out you know oxytocin and the whole thing and they have these different archetypes uh that they describe uh uh and so like that's been a fascinating lens uh for like looking at that one too and we can continue on text message i could go yes to this. Please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. you know one that just came up as you're talking gamal actually recommended it mm -hmm. via abu so i think abu recommended it originally um wanting um i don't know if you've read okay oh, I don't know. so that was pivotal for me last year when I was thinking about transitioning, you know, transitioning brand, business model. Um, it talks about mimetic desires. So how a lot of the decisions we make are based on what others around us are doing. Even if everyone around us is dr driving the Lambo and we're like, oh, I don't want a Lambo, I'm gonna get a Tesla. You're still making a decision based on others. Yep. It's referencing theirs. And you're like, I wanna do the opposite. So mm -hmm. it explores what happens when you look inside instead. And mm -hmm. I think in our industry, because we have access to social media, it's a blessing. And also sometimes it, it can be crippling and we can end up pursuing someone else's vision of success. So Wanting mm -hmm. is a great book um, mm -hmm. if you're feeling kind of lost in the sauce and or looking for some agency in your transition. Um, and then another one related to that that I just started re-listening to, I listen to this once a year, but the one thing. So Ooh, I re-listened okay. to it once a year just to get myself refocused. Um, and that's another good one when you're like building something new and or refining, you know, what you have and you feel like, oh God, I've got too many things going on. Um, just bringing it back to, to principles. I love that. Ooh, book nerd out session. Always oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm here for it. Okay. So other question, what? It's raining outside. You can't go anywhere. Maybe it's storming. And you're stuck inside. And you'll be stuck inside for whatever reason for like a week. You have one dessert. What's it going to be? I was not expecting that question. <laughs> Ooh, chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> it's got to be the right time. So okay. when I lived in Brooklyn, I would go to this place. Um, I can't remember the name, but they, it was so funny. I would order a cookie, which was, so it was pretty big and it would be almost fully baked. You feel me? Like it was still a little bit soft, crispy on the edges, mm, right? Okay. right? It was perfect. And it was like a $4 and 89 cent cookie. And every time I would order it through DoorDash, I would wonder when are they going to prevent me from being able to place an under $5 order that <laughs> hand delivered to me at any time. 
cut off. Ella's Bakehouse. I think it was called Ella's Bakehouse. So good. So it would be Ella's Bakehouse chocolate chip cookies all the way. That's amazing. <laughs> She's like, I'm getting God bless away them. with this. And for how long? For a neighbor. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> Oh, that's 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 fantastic. All right. So we, we could go like towards the uh, opposite end. It's, it's going to be a little bit on the deep end. If you could go back in time to before you launched Course from Scratch, knowing everything that you know now, what advice would you give to yourself? It would be to listen to myself. Yeah really develop if there was a superpower I wished upon myself earlier in life it would be to listen to myself to take those quiet moments and connect however to God source universe self and ask the questions and of course we can only ask the questions at the level of our current consciousness but sometimes the answers that come in are from that higher state of consciousness because they are coming from our future self, our like 80 year old sage self who has already lived and is coming you know, to, to give us that answer. Um, that's what I would encourage myself to do. No further questions, your honor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a, thank you for that. That, that was uh, an incredible answer and such a great place uh, for us to you know, wrap this on because that's something that I think we could all um, remind ourselves to do more of, uh, myself included. Uh, and I just want to thank you uh, for sharing the gift of being you uh, with all of us uh, so that we can find more of ourselves and more fully self-express uh, in the world. And so oh, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs>